This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Purpose Church. I know it has been an incredible service so far because I know God is there because His Word promises that He would be there. And so He's there in the middle of this room, right where you are today, and you are not in that chair in this building by accident. We believe that you are here on purpose, for a purpose, and watching this video on purpose. This is going to be an incredible day today, and I can't wait to share with you what God has given me to share with you today. And let me just say, uh, Kelly and I are, we love you guys so much, and we're so grateful to the team and the dream team for uh, making things happen. So when we're able to be gone, we know things go off without a hitch, and we're on family vacation every summer. We have about a two-week block that we we take off, and one week's with the kids, aka work, and the other week is without the kids, aka vacation, if you know what I'm saying. So we are just uh, enjoying ourselves, and we will be back uh, the week of July 4th, and we cannot wait to see you again. Uh, but I uh, hope you enjoy your vacations and your time away with your family. And if you're in the room today, or if you're watching online today, this word is going to bless you like crazy. But before I get to that, let me just say welcome to those that are with us for the very first time. If you just moved to the area, you moved to the best area in Texas. We love this part of the state. Uh, Shirt, Cibolo, Selma, Live Oak, San Antonio, New Braunfels. This is a great part of the state to live in, and we want to say welcome. Uh, if you are looking for a church home, this is a great place to put your family. And so check out Growth Track when they talk about it at the end of service. Check that out and come, and we'll be there, and we'd love to meet you and your kids, and it's going to be a great, great time. And don't forget to fill out that connection card that was given to you inside your worship guide when you walked in the worship center doors. And at the end of the service, um, there'll be some people at the back of the worship center on your way out with some buckets, and you can drop your connection card or any uh, giving envelopes or anything like that in that bucket. But we want to connect with you, send you a letter, and tell you thank you for coming and lay out those next steps for you. Uh, if you'd like to take them. Now, let's jump into today's message. We are in week five of our summer series. We, we like to think we go to summer school as a church, and we don't, we don't slink back in the summer. We want to learn something deep. So what we're doing is all of our small groups and the Sunday morning content are going towards the same end goal. We're reading through this book called Scent, um, by a husband and wife, and their last name's Holloman, Ashley and Heather Holloman. And we're looking through how, um, as disciples of Christ, like how does God use us in our locale, in our area of town, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, and what does he want to do about it? What's a theological basis for it? And how do we do it? it? It is such a good book, and we're going through a lot of scripture. So we take a little bit from the book, and then we are adding on a lot to it. So if you missed any of the messages before, it has really helped me big time already, just in our neighborhood. Uh, and it's convicting and challenging and helpful. And so today is going to be just the same. So if you've not uh, bought the book yet, go ahead and buy it. It's short, easy read. You could read it in two days. Um, and it is a, a, a great um, resource to you and to your faith. So last couple of weeks, we have really dug into some truths about what it means to be a sent person. Um, and, and we know scripturally that God is working always. He never stops working. He's always working to lead people into right relationship with him. 
That's what the word righteousness means. It doesn't mean perfect, never has, never will. It means right relationship. And so we were separated from God by sin. Jesus came and bridged the gap and put us in right relationship with God again. And God's desire is for everyone to be in right relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And that purpose of his is our purpose. So if you've been wondering, what's my purpose in life? That's our purpose in life is to bring life to others. A lot of nuances in there and how we get it done based on gifting, personality, and all of that, and availability and, 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 and possibilities. But all of that can be worked out once we have the foundation that we are living on purpose for a purpose. So we've been saying it this way throughout this series, saved equals sent. If you've been saved by faith, by grace through faith, and you have been um, made in right relationship with God, you are now authorized and deputized. You are now a sent person. It is not the job of the preacher. It's not, it's not the church staff's job. It's not, no, it's, it's us all as Christians. It's our job. It's our duty. It's our joy. It's, it's, it's our mandate uh, to be sent people. The church is not a building, never has been. Um, even in Greek, it's uh, the, the body of believers. The church is ekklesia, and it means the called out ones. We are called out ones, not called in ones to your certain seat on your certain Sunday in your certain service. No, the, the devil loves that kind of church attender. We are called out ones. We are to look up and look around. And I want to talk to you today about something that is going to really help you see that you are not just in your neighborhood, your HOA, your job, uh, your children's schools, your kids' sports teams on accident. God has sovereignly placed you there on purpose. So we're going to dive into a topic today that you might not have expected. And if you've already read through the book, then you might know where I'm going with this. Um, but it's a topic that I didn't expect when I read the book. But before we get to it, let's pray. So go ahead right now, even through video, put your hand over your heart. Let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Father, in this moment, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come into this room uh, and to bring light and life to our, our mind, will, and emotions that we can silence the stuff of the week and the stuff we're about to walk into and really center ourselves in this moment to hear your truth, to hear Jesus through these stories, to hear, to hear the gospel through these verses. And would it do something in our hearts? Would we be wide open to what the Lord has to say to us today and shut off to any confusion or um, anything from the enemy to confuse. And we ask right now, God, that you come, come in and may the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts and change us forever in Jesus' name. And if that's you and you agree, say amen, amen. Well, there's a character trait that followers of Christ uh, honestly could develop more. Uh, we could develop, and, and me too, like guys, this, this one convicted me, probably one of the most convicting ones out of all of the messages that we have brought to you so far, um, but it might surprise you. It's a, it's a character trait that can do amazing things, and honestly, not just in your ability to uh, relate to those in your world as a saved person, but an innocent person, but it's going to change and scientifically, it will change your physical, mental, and emotional health as well. So if there is something that has the ability to, to center your emotions, to bring life to your physical body, to even help with mental faculties and processes, and is a mandate from God, I would want to know what that is. If it's that good of a thing, what 
is it? It is the trait of curiosity. I know, I didn't believe it either. I had to read the book. I was like, okay, yeah, let, me, let me read the book. Let me see if this is legit. Let me see if this is real. It's curiosity. More to the point, social and interpersonal curiosity. It's the desire to know more about other people. It's the desire to know more about others. Social and interpersonal curiosity. Now, people who don't desire to engage uh, in others' lives, even at the most basic levels of interest, will hardly desire to talk to them about spiritual issues or have deeper conversations. And let me just say it this way. Small talk isn't small. Small talk isn't small. And I'm not a small talk guy. I, I, when I'm talking to somebody, and I, and I even get in trouble at church sometimes because I'll talk to some of you out in the lobby and we get into like a deep conversation in about three minutes and, and I miss a hundred other people that were trying to say hi to me. It's like just what I love to do, just get into those conversations. Um, but I've had to learn that small talk isn't small, that it is actually a trait that could develop uh, and create pathways for spiritual conversation. And, and it brings a, if, I, if I'm not social and interpersonally curious about that person and, and to what their likes and dislikes are and to where they're from and what their family's like and, and, and that might be small talk, then, then I'm not going to really care about like their soul as much. I'm not going to want to have that con deeper conversation. I'm not even willing to have that conversation. In fact, the practice of simply being curious about other people enhances intimacy and intimacy, I've heard it said this way. Um, we use it a lot in regards to like husbands and wives, right? But intimacy is, I've heard people say, it's into me see. Like, look inside of me. You're able to see inside of me. So intimacy is just a getting close. And so you're able to see in that person. They're able to see inside of you. And so the practice of being simply curious is it, it enhances intimacy. It enhances your personal well-being and theirs and your levels of joy. And we often shy away from asking others about their lives. And I know the stat that we've read the last couple of weeks, you know, is that 47% of Christians surveyed believe that it is, is immoral and wrong to share your faith with a non-believer. Half of Christians believe it's wrong to talk to people about Jesus. That is insane to me and sad, and, it, and the devil loves that that is the case because it makes the church weak and impotent. And what we're trying to do is tell you, no, God put you in your neighborhood for a purpose, and it is a big deal. And so we're, when we get shut up like that and we're not curious about anybody anymore, um, then we don't have deep conversations with them, and we're not wanting to, especially if we're self-focused and we're just navel-gazing, we're just staring at ourselves all the time. We're definitely not going to want to have a conversation with somebody because we want to care about ourselves. So what are some curiosity killers? Well, we feel, number one, is we feel like it's rude or awkward to ask about their lives. And maybe you just don't know how to do it. Maybe it, um, you know, you're, you're kind of like Andy on The Office and you're like, tell me your deepest, darkest moments. And you don't even know that person. You know, it's like, it's like it gets really weird. No, it doesn't have to be like that. But like a lot of people feel like it's rude or awkward. And depending on what part of the country you're from, uh, I have some friends that, you know, are, 
are from Yankee land and they're like, why is everyone being so helpful to me when they move here? Why is everyone being so nice? Um, and they're like, this is awkward. They're having to learn a new way to do things um, in, in different cultural settings. But a lot of people think it's rude or awkward to even get to know a person. Um, number two is we don't know how to ask or how to start the conversation. And so if you're not a good conversationalist, there are literally books and ways and even classes you can take that can help you learn how to break these barriers and how to get to know somebody. And that could even go back to like your family, like how you were raised or what your schooling was like that is driving these uh, differences and being able to have conversations or not being able to have good conversations. And number three, I said it already, is we're self-absorbed. So one, we think it's rude or awkward. Two, we don't know how to do it. Three, we only care about ourselves. Um, if we're so self-absorbed, then there's no need to care about anybody else. Who cares? I'm just going to look out for me. But curiosity is a huge part of living life as a sent person. And it, it was so refreshing to me to learn this. And, and I, love, I love how it says this way. Living a sent life means we're curious about others as a way to build connection that leads to gospel conversations. Let me say it again. Living a sent life means we're curious about others as a way to build connection that leads to gospel conversations. Todd Cashton says it this way. Curiosity's immediate function is to seek out, explore, and immerse oneself in situations with potential for new information and or experiences. In the longer term, consistently acting on feelings functions to expand knowledge, build competencies, strengthen social relationships, and increase intellectual and creative capacity. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, long term, you're looking at your knowledge being expanded. You're getting more competent and having to deal with people socially and mentally, and your creative capacity expands. So basically, bottom line, isolation in any form is harmful and damaging to you and to other people and to the gospel's efforts in your HOA, your neighborhood, your schools. So how do we leave the safety of our homes and engage with people? Well, curiosity is one way to care for other people around us. It holds them in high regard. It, it dignifies them. Let me say it this way. A curious heart is a humble and teachable heart. And guess what? Curiosity is most of the time going to be inconvenient. There's not going to be a perfect time where you're going to be like, I am choosing to be curious today and my neighbors will only affect my calendar on a supernatural unknown time uh, when it's good for me. <laughs> that is not how this works. You have to be open and be flexible, but you have to be humble, teachable, flexible. Curiosity is the state of being fully present with someone. In our neighborhood, some of you even live in our neighborhood. Um, the other day I was under the boat trailer working on something and three neighbors stopped their cars and just, we had a conversation. I'm laying on the street under the boat trailer and they're in their car. We just sat there and talked for 10 minutes. I just laid on the asphalt and we just had a conversation. Just put the tools down and talked. Mowing the lawn, just turn the lawnmower off and 
Have a 20-minute conversation with a neighbor. Uh, a neighbor was walking his dog by our house the other day, and, and it was exactly what it said in the book. That story about the guy with the dog is exactly what happened. And I said, hey, if we keep running into each other like this, I at least need to know your name. And so we got to meet uh, Mr. Charlie. Uh, and my kids know Mr. Charlie, and they know his dog's name. And, and it, it's just get, like it's, it's going to be a great thing for your soul and your energy, your mental, physical, and emotional health to stop and treat people like Jesus would and be curious, be teachable, uh, be humble. Look what Romans 12, 16 says. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. <laughs> I love that Paul... Paul's talking to the Romans, and the Romans were punks, all right? So they thought they were better than everybody. And Paul's talking to the Romans, and he's like, hey, you need to, you guys need to get along. And let me go another step further. Yeah, we got to go to unity, but don't think too much of yourself that you are not even able to enjoy the company of your neighbors, to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And guess what? To enjoy the company of people, you have to have them over. You know what that's called? Having company over. I mean, my mom and dad be like, everybody clean the house right now. It has to look like no one lives here. And maybe you've done that. Maybe that's small group for you tomorrow night. That's how we are. Like everybody battle stations now. And everybody cleans, throws everything in the closet, get the Swiffer out, throw the dog outside. You know, it's like, it's just kind of how it is. But it's like, hey, we're having company. We're having company over. We're going to enjoy the presence of company. I always thought about what would it be like if it was back in the olden times and and um, and people just like rando showed up at your house. Has that ever happened to you? Like, it's it's really never happened in our neighborhood. Maybe once or twice someone randomly shows up at the house. But think about what before phones and before texting and all of that, people would bring food and bring drinks to your house and impose on whatever you were doing. And you could reject them or receive them. No one ever got rejected. Why? Because company mattered. There was a mindset in our culture and in our hearts, and back when our country was a lot more spiritual and deeply Christian than it is now, that people mattered more than my task list. That if somebody saw me as approachable enough to come to my home when they don't know what I'm doing, but I can stop and receive. The house didn't have to be perfect or clean. The kids are probably half naked. You're probably changing diapers. And they let people into their house and stopped and had coffee. The children saw that people mattered. They saw that they mattered to you. And when they left, you were more refreshed. Was everything done? No. But guess what? There's tomorrow. People mattered more. Look how the voice translation says it. Works toward, work toward unity and live in harmony. Avoid thinking that you're better than others or wiser than the rest. Instead, embrace common people and ordinary tasks. What does this mean? Enjoy the company of people. Embrace people. Being present, learning about others, engaging in their lives is all part of embracing others and enjoying them. This is how we were created by God. Cashton also encourages us to make curiosity a fundamental part of our lives. And I completely agree. Curious people maintain high levels of well-being 
and purpose in life. In fact, UC Berkeley reports in their report why curious people have better relationships. It was literally a five-year study. Here's one of the quotes out of the study. Being interested is more important in cultivating relationships and maintaining a relationship than being interesting. That's what gets the dialogue going. It's the secret juice of relationships. So maybe you want to be the Dos Equis guy, you know, and you're, you're the most interesting man in the world. I mean, no, no one cares. Like you, if you are a Christian, you need to be interested, not interesting. You don't want people to go home and go, man, did you meet that guy? He's been here. He's been there. He does this, this business, this blah, blah, blah. No, they, people are going to go home. They're not going to remember a lot of what you said, but they're going to remember how you made them feel and you were interested in them. That report also says that those who were curious and interested in other human beings, and this is not a Christian study, by the way, it's UC Berkeley, were less socially anxious, less critical, and less aggressive. That blows my mind. The quote that got me out of the whole study was, it's hard to be mad and curious at the same time. It's hard to be mad and curious at the same time. It's, trying, it's kind of like trying to sneeze and hiccup at the same time. It's not going to happen. It's hard to be curious and mad at the same time. If you are interested in another person, your chemicals in your body literally begin to regulate because you are interacting with humanity in the way God created you to. Now, if you stay home and stay isolated and stay busy and your boss becomes your God and you're never outdoors and you're never around people, your body chemistry literally begins to get upset. And then we medicate it all. But if we could just go back to the way God made us, our lives and our children's lives would change forever. So have you ever spent a lot of time with people and didn't feel any better afterward, though? And maybe for all you introverts in the room, you're like, yeah, every time. No, listen, one of the reasons why is because the time spent wasn't good time spent. The time spent wasn't good time. You can spend a lot of time with someone and it was bad time. You ever been on a bad date? You're like, God, it was awful. But then you can talk on your boo, talk to your boo on the phone for five hours and you're just like, yeah, you're just like, for you love it. You're like, how did five hours fly by? You hang up. No, you hang up. As like, if there was good time spent, you don't want to leave. But if it's bad time spent, then you're tired and frustrated and anxious. Afterward, See, when we, and here's why, when we get together with people to simply eat food and talk about the weather or politics or no one asks a meaningful question about someone else's life, it literally, scientifically, leaves us frustrated, isolated, and empty, even after a lot of time spent together. So you and I, as sent people, we are the ones who are called by God to make that time interesting by being interested. And a lot of it is practice, is learning. And, and since we live in South Texas, if you get really good at smoking a brisket, you'll never have a shortage of people who will come to your house. <laughs> and so if you make homemade salsa, if you know how to do that, and you know how to smoke something, you know how to, you know, you ask anybody to come over, they're going to come over. Like, it's going to take practice. It's going to take some time to learn. 
um, and, and be better at conversation. But when was the last time, let me ask you this, when was the last time you felt truly cared for because of the questions someone asked you about your life? When was the last time you truly felt cared for because somebody was interested in you? They cared about you. They wanted to know you. They wanted to get to know you. They really wanted to understand you. And as a sent person who wants to love people like Christ does, how do we do that? Now ask yourself this in every interaction until it becomes automatic. Here's how you start. What would I say if I were curious? So if you're in a conversation, just think to yourself, now, if I was a curious person, what would I say in this moment? Put yourself in that place and think it through. Here are the four best questions to help a sent person care for people well. The four best questions. Number one, what does your tradition say about Jesus? So if you're, if you're talking to somebody and you bring in a spiritual part of the conversation, you're like, hey, that's really interesting. So tell me, like, like where does God fit into that story? Where, where, where's Jesus in that? Because it sure sounds like he was there. Like, have you thought about that? Conversation just got better. Now, if you just dismiss that and you're like, hey, well, let's, let's talk about Joe Biden, then it's over. Now, let's talk about the indictments. It's over. Man, it sure rained a lot this year. Everyone knows. How about them cowboys? Everyone knows. Go deeper. Make it important. Be interested. Number two, you can ask somebody, do you consider yourself to be on a spiritual journey? Like, what does this journey look like for you? And if you are, like, where are you on that journey? Like, I just want to know, like, what's, what's God doing in your life? It opens up a conversation for you being able to have a conversation with someone about what Jesus is doing in your life. Number three, you can ask, you can say this. I've said this before, like, hey, I'm in a season of prayer right now. And our church is even doing 21 days of prayer, which will come up again in August. And we'd love for you to participate. You'll start hearing about it a lot uh, in the next weeks. But I'm in, I'm in the season of prayer with our church. And do you have anything that I could commit to prayer for for you? And I promise you, I'll pray for you multiple times a day. It opens up a conversation. I, and, and all the years I've been a Christian, I've never one time had somebody turn down prayer. Even if they were atheists, they didn't turn down prayer. It's interesting because even though they are intellectually arguing with the existence of God, their heart, their soul knows it's missing something. Number four, and here's another thing, a prayer journal helps out a lot. Psalm 5.3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. So get in the habit of knowing what is going on in your neighbor's lives and journal it and pray about it and pray for them that God would bring clarity and wisdom and salvation to them. It'll change the way you see your neighborhood. Number four, you can tell somebody, can I tell you something I just learned about in the Bible that's changing how I handle blank? Hey, let me, like we're, parenting is one. Like, hey, I'm talking about kids, you know, acting a fool, right? It's like, hey, I just, I just read something in the Bible and it actually goes along with the small group that I'm in and it's changing the way I handle these tantrums or it's changing the way I handle the back talk or it's changing the way I handle um, the frustration that I feel personally. Let me tell you what that is and tell me what you think about it. 
you're just opening the conversation. It's a game changer. By sharing your own story of how God has shown you something or changed your life in a specific area, it brings hope to them because it's the word of God coming to them through you. It's a game changer. That's you doing what you do, and then that's letting God do what only he can do. So we got to, as curious people, be open and create space for people to ask questions about Jesus. And so if you're normally a homebody and, and you're not used to having people over, you know, that's, that's kind of sad. I'm not saying you got to have people over all the time. Don't, we don't. I'm not saying you got to have people over all the time. But at least once a month, there is someone in your home that you're cooking for and you're interested in their life. And, and it's the people around you. It's the neighbors around you. It's not just the people you go to small group with. We're, we're already saved. We're already sent people. You're already in a small group together. I'm talking about the people that are around you that God has sent you to. So as the band comes up and begins to help us I end the service today with what we call response time. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come down. And as the band gets in place, let me ask you a few questions. What relationship wounds do you have that are keeping you guarded from having relationships with people? Everybody's been hurt before, but and some of us very deeply but are those wounds keeping you from being a sent person? And would you like to ask Jesus to heal that wound today? Second question, who is the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind right now? Are you seeing that neighbor's face, the cubicle mate, the person at work, family at school, who is the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind today? Perhaps he wants you to reach out to them and begin a conversation of curiosity to be interested rather than interesting because saved equals sent. Curiosity is a trait that we could all develop. And I believe that if you start doing this now, that even by the end of the year, you will see a radical transformation in, in your emotional health, your mental health, and it will bring life to even your physical body. That God has designed us this way on purpose. And so let's cooperate with heaven's design because it's the perfect design. And let's just see what God does in your neighborhood, in your schools, in your life. Doesn't have to be perfect. You're not gonna be a perfect conversationalist. You're not gonna knock it out of the park. You don't have to be a perfect orator. You just gotta be available and be real, be genuine, be approachable, be curious. So prayer partners in the room, go ahead and come down to the front. We've got communion um, under both of these TVs, uh, communion right here, um, and they will say to you, your sins are forgiven. And that is a great reminder, come and take communion and remember what Jesus has done for you. And remember as you take that bread and they dip it in the juice and hand it to you and you take it and you eat it, remember saved equals sent. And if you need prayer for anything at all, 
physical healing, stuff with your, your, your marriage, your kids, your money, whatever it is, you, got, you can come down and get prayer, whatever it is, but especially for the content of today's message, if this is not your personality to be curious, you know, that's okay. I don't know if it's honestly anybody's personality to be curious because we are all born as very needy, selfish humans. We are all born needing the world to revolve around us. And then at some point as, a, as children and as young adults and adults, if we are not trained on how to be interested in others, then we just continue to be selfish. So maybe there is something going on there where God is convicting you in this moment to break out of some self-absorption and break out of that fear and be interested and curious in the life of another because if you are saved by Jesus Christ, you are a sent person. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life, today is your day. Today is your day. All you gotta do is confess with your mouth that He is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was was crucified, dead, and buried, and rose from the dead three days later to give us victory over death, hell, and the grave, and that you are now saved by grace through faith. It's through your proclamation that you are now on a beautiful path to living a life of purpose, and you'll never be the same. And all you got to do today is step forward and come down to one of these prayer partners and tell them, I want to be saved today. And they will pray a prayer of faith with you. Even if you've known Jesus before and you walked away from him, come down today and say, I want to come back home. I want to come back to Jesus. And they will pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, do not let this day go by without a response. Respond to the word of God today. If you get in a habit of hearing God's word and responding, it's why we do it this way every Sunday. If you get in a habit of hearing the word and responding, hearing the word and responding, hearing the word and responding, you're growing growing, growing. It's the reps that begin to change your life. So as I begin to pray, everybody stand to your feet right now. We're going to pray. And when I'm done praying, the band is going to begin to sing and you are then dismissed to come uh, from your seat to come down front and respond. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's pray. Hold your hands out like this because we're in a posture of surrender. God, right now in this moment, We thank you that we are sent people saved by grace through faith. And God, for the one in the room that doesn't, has not made you their Lord yet, I pray in this moment that the Holy Spirit is even convicting them to come down and make you the Lord of their life. God, whatever we're going through, whatever we're, whatever's going on in our life, whatever confusion is going on in our life, God, we lay it down at the altar and we ask you to bring clarity to it. God, whatever's going on in our physical body, heal it. Our mind, our emotions, heal it. And God, for the conviction in our hearts to be curious people, we pray that we as the Purpose Church would step forward into our destiny to be sent people. That we are not just to come into a building and hear a message and say, good word, preacher, and go home and live an isolated life. But we are sent people on mission, created on purpose for the purpose of being sent to our HOAs, our neighborhoods, our jobs, our kids' sports teams, our cities. We are on mission. God, continue to open our hearts and teach us how to do that. So God, in this moment, as we get ready to respond to your word, would you bring, would you come right alongside us? Would the Holy Spirit come right alongside? And would we leave here different than when we walked in? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You are now free to come and respond. 
and let the Holy Spirit do a great work in you in this moment. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.